The Zemo Brown Podcast is brought to you by the lovely people at the Balboa Avenue Dispensary, hooking us up with all of our recreational medicinal goods. Y aparte, the Miso Healthy Company. Even my pops approves of it. He's taking them 300 milligram CBD liquid drops. Arthritis is gone. Motherfucker knows how to get on his motorcycle. Everything feels good now. It's like he's a quinceanero all over again. (laughs) (laughs) So big shout out to the guys who sponsor us. Thank you, guys. Here with me right now, El Mero Mero, the boss from the South Bay, El Rey de Reyes. Mr. Carlos Paez. ¿Qué onda, champion? ¿Cómo estás? Yeah, todo bien, todo fine. Fuck yeah, bro. Dude, I'm happy you're in here. Um, Hell yeah. Always see you. Always see you in the hood. Oh, yeah. Always see you in the hood. This is my hood right here. Every hood that I'm in, it's like, fuck. Carlos. Even yeah, my kids yeah. are like, hey, daddy, it's the guy with the cool hair. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, And I was like, ah, it's Carlos. And it's, and it's funny, bro, because um, we do our best at the house. You know, mm-hmm. I got three niños, I have three yes. kids. And I want to make sure, like, they kind of get raised the way wifey and I were raised, right. which means, like, we play music in the house. Yes. La música siempre va a estar tocando en la casa. Mm-hmm. And... Like, it's funny because the song that we always play for them and, and they get hype on is Nuestra Demandas, bro. Yeah. They freaking love that jam. Yeah, Wifey and I love that jam. Um, and it's just like, a, I know it's a tradition for uh-huh. most Mexican households. You know, Sunday morning, yeah. Sunday comes along, Abuelita's cleaning, Mom's is cleaning, someone's cleaning. Uh-huh. They got to have their, their jams in the background yeah. listening to. For us, it was like Antonio Aguilar or Vicente right, Fernandez. Right. Abuelita used to listen like, Gum. it's just a Mexican thing. It's a cultural yeah. thing. Your background derived from that. Yes. You've had music, I'm assuming, in your blood, your lifeline, your bloodline. Exactly since day what you're one. talking about, like vacuum in the house. Neta. Those songs, those songs stuck in my head. And um, you know, I like Julio Iglesias, Roberto, you know, este Ramon Ayala. Nuevo, um, el Rey del Acordeon, uh, like to this day, we just put out a single because of what you just mentioned right now. It's like my mom would vacuum the house and she had this song called, uh, she played this song uh, by Roberto Carlos, the Brazilian. The Brazilian. But um, it stuck in my head. And so I was watching, I was watching this thing uh, online about the top 20 Latin songs of all times. And it was number seven. It was a, a Roberto Carlos song. And it was, uh, eres mi hermano del alma realmente. La... And I'm like, what? I, it just triggered, it like clicked. right away, it clicked. I'm like, oh my God. I was a, f- I was a kid and I used to hear that song. And I'm all, this is, this is a sick song. Like it's, you know what I mean? Cause usually, no, like my, your parents' music, you rebel against and you don't really like, you don't connect with it. But that song stuck with me and I'm all, I got to do this song. I got to redo it. And I just hit it. Puse las pilas. I'm on, what's up? Like, uh, I need to, like, let's learn this song. And we learned it. And I'm on, no, that's not enough. I went to Sinaloa uh-huh. and I got a band. Uh, I got musicians to do a reggae style. And now it's a video. And now it's part of my life forever. Forever. Because, forever. Because now that song is connected yes. with me wherever I go. Like, people... Can you play Amigos, you know, Amigo? And because of that, your mom vacuuming the house and like, you you don't know like how you get influenced, but your parents is a major influence. That's why it's so important. Like how you say you're raising your kids, whatever you play for your kids 
it's going to later on, you know, it's going to have an influence on them for sure. But um, they they can seem like they're not interested in it, mm -hmm. but they are. You Is know it, they're I mean? family heirlooms, they man. Are, yeah. they're, they're little stories that were passed down to us, that it's yeah. our like duty, our obligation to pass down to our little squinkless. Uh -huh. Like I said, I got three little kids, a seven, a five, and a two-year-old. All boys, all terrors, all little demons, <laughs> you know, and one's worse than the other, but they like music, bro. Yeah. You know, they like music. Um, You being... Mr. B-side player mm -hmm. started 1997 or 1994? 94. El 94. And you guys were all here from the South Bay. Mm -hmm. Así empezó, Bill. Yeah. I come across this a lot now, like here at the brewery or at the bar at the Elwood. Everyone's right. like, oh, yeah, Steve, he's my cousin. He's my right, cousin. Because right. So they'll come to the bar, they'll go to the brewery and like, oh, yeah, he's my cousin, he's my cousin. That's me now a little bit. Right. I can only imagine you or your bandmates uh -huh. in the day, in the heyday. Everybody yeah. must have said that they were related to you. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're my cousin. Because I remember going to house parties. Yeah. And I'm like, who's well, playing? The, the thing <laughs> is, B-Side has had, I, I did a count the other day because we had like a reunion a couple years ago. And there was over 70 musicians that have been in and out of the band. Eso. 70. So so everybody is like, hey, yeah, Carlos. Hey, yeah, you remember? What's, he used to play with you. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, um. The the real story is we started in Chula Vista here, yeah. and it was um, was Sergio Hernandez was like a big, you know, me and him pretty much started B side, and Sergio Hernandez was like, uh, he was already established like straight edge punk rocker from Chula Vista with Amenity, which was like a, you know, one of the legendary. Uh, uh, straight edge punk rock. It was bands. a senior. Yeah. It was a hardcore scene hard for a while, man. And this is like the late '80s, early '90s. You know, back in the days when Berlin Wall was uh -huh. on Third Avenue, right here. Yeah, where people just you know, people don't really don't don't know about this history, but but we had like a hardcore straight edge scene. But you know, um, he it evolved to House of he went to House of Suffering, which is. Like one of the bands that were like the early Rage Against the Machine yep. bands, you know what I mean? That 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 kind of music, uh, really heavy. And um, we had a lot of great bands from Chula Vista, Impel, like a Impel, lot of a lot right. of good good hardcore bands that that I grew up watching. But um, NIV, No Innocent Victim. Yes. I remember those guys were uh -huh. there. Statement, yeah, obviamente yes. POD también. POD también. Um, Dogwood. I know they came down from North County and they were doing their hardcore, more of a uh -huh. like a a Christian edge to them. Yeah. They were good. Something too. about Chula Vista with the punk rock. We're a border town. Homie. It was just yeah. yeah you know, there's just they, a lot. It was uh, always that like like we needed that rage, you know, because we're like all border kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are raised border kids, and we had that. We we just connected with that music, but um, the thing with Sergio and I is uh, we were like we want to we want to start doing some raza shit like some 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 Latin some Chicano vibes, and that's how we connected, and that's how B side was born, because we were we were more influenced going back to our parents' music, and uh and um with with the way I grew up uh you know the seventies the whole Malo, Tierra, Malo, War, yes. El Chicano, mm -hmm. Santana. So, you know, that was our connection that me and Sergio had. And we were like, that was the vision for B-Side. But we still we still wanted to have like a, you know, connected to the, to the punk rock, you know, 
the punk rock kind the of ethos, vibe, yeah. which was like the conscious lyrics, which later on came because when we started, it was just musica. It was just like instrumentals and kind of like coros because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready yet, you know? Like I, I was writing poetry and stacking lyrics, but I wasn't ready to like bring it to the band yet. And then eventually when I did started bringing the lyrics, then the band finally evolved to like another level, you know? So yeah, the whole punk rock thing with Chula Vista is is huge, and it's still part of B side. Like it's our history. People don't know that. People just think, oh, B side, yeah, they just party band, yeah, jazz, nah, cumbia, nah, Latin. Nah. <laughs> no, we have a history, and um, and it's funny because you know your establishment here, it's like three punk ale, like you know, and you play, you know, you play the music, you play the punk music, and everything, but it. There's something about Chula Vista that that's that's the history. That's yes, the sir. history of our movement, you know. And uh, I always tell people, yes, we're a border town, yes, but I always feel like we're a sleeping giant down in the South Bay, especially Chula Vista. It's like I feel we're we're overlooked a lot, you know. But people don't understand how big Chula Vista is. Yeah. You know, we're the second biggest city in or in the county of San Diego. Yeah. We're a big town here, man. So I always had the mentality of we're that forced down to rise above mentality like everybody just kind of yeah. pushes to the back burner whatever yes chula vista ah, chula mm -hmm. one ah, a bunch of mexicans yeah. ah, a bunch of minorities blacks filipinos yeah. mexicanos bro there's a lot of us yeah. you know and and i feel like they've we've often been kind of cast to the back mm -hmm. but now we're in a position that's why i wanted to open this brewery here yeah. you know i wanted to i wanted to stay here and, and open in chula vista because why do i have to go to north park to go have a beer why do i have to go to downtown why do i have to go to north county to search out a brewery I'm from here. I want to bring this here, and that's from that's yeah. where I'm from. So everywhere I go, I'm telling you, you have a some something you've done has influenced that town. I think uh, for B side, we've always represented Chula Vista too. Like when people, it's just a simple question. Everybody asks the band, "Where are you from?" Or in any interview or any wherever you go, um, that's the first questions asked. Like, "Where are you guys from?" We don't say San Diego. We say Chula Vista. Bad you know? are you? We have to because Roots. because San Diego is San Diego, but Chula Vista is Chula Vista, yep. and it's like, and if you want to represent Chula Vista, then you know it. You have to represent Chula Vista. I guess that pelo con Chula Vista, dude. <laughs> it's like you can't front it. Mm -hmm. I tell people, the people, oh, what do you think of a new business coming to Third Avenue? That's cool, man. People from Chula Vista, we yeah. can smell pretenders. Yeah. We can we can smell fakers. <laughs> we know if you're here, if you're about your little town, your hood, we know yeah. who belongs and we know who doesn't belong. Yeah. It's not even a sense of like locals only, you're not welcome. Yeah. We know how to smell people that aren't from here who are here for the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. Chula Vista is yeah. is our hood. You know, like I haven't my my kids know that we're from Chula Vista. You know, they're yeah. little, but they know, yeah, we're from Chula Vista. You know, or the, my daddy's brewery is in Chula Vista. Oh, like yeah. everything we do is here. They, everybody makes fun of me because I rarely go north of the 54 yeah. or like east of the 125. Me quedo en el cuadrito. Wow. That's like, an important, important topic too because, you know, like you don't want it to get out of hand where you start losing the essence of like it's not Chula Vista no more. It's just like, you know, like one of our favorite places that I used to, we used to go play was the Mission District in San Francisco. Mm. And that was like something that was like oh man this place is special you know and it's like it's like you know it would be like the like in something like barrio logan here in san diego but 
you have the culture, the murals, and you have the raza, and the, and the, the you know, you you just have that essence of like something's some something cultural and something special, and then it's like it's gone. Like the mission district's gone. Like why is it gone? Why is it gone? Because you know it, the same reasons why a lot of our our fucking barrios are gonna be gone within. You know, the next time we meet, they'll be gone because, you know, gentrification, of course. But uh, it's it's just like the San Diego is an expensive place to live. It's, we already know <laughs> and that. It won't ever change. It, we man. already know that. <laughs> San Francisco was always an expensive place to live. But the cost of living was different than us. They People made money out there. But now when the whole, you know, the whole uh, movimiento came of uh, like the whole tech tech thing and movement and everything and now people just started migrating what toward east sacramento oakland san jose fresno the outskirts yeah you 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 can't survive there's raza can't survive in san francisco there's no way yeah man they're always talking about people like getting pushed out by yeah that the the new tech world the new tech movement it's basing out of there you have multiple families living in one dwelling just to make ends meet it's crazy, man. Yeah. For me, that is the definition of gentrification. But I mean, Chula Vista is like you never know. This I hope could be not, the man. new spot where, like, like how you say, oh, these this business is coming out here. They have no interest mm-hmm. in. They're just in trying to line Avenue. their pockets. They have no interest in Chula Vista and the community. You you have you can feel you can smell it. You yeah. can see it. You yeah. know what I mean. And those are the people that, that we need to be aware of. And know? I always get caught in a, in a position where it comes to me, what do you think about gentrification? Like, right. what do you think gentrification is? And I'm like, honestly, I can't tell you what it is, mm-hmm. but I know when it's here. You know, like like, like in Barrio Logan, uh-huh. I feel like that, that barrio always gets brought up when it relates to gentrification. Like, when do you think, because you, you have a, you have yeah, a business right there business, in Barrio Logan, yeah. the San Diego Vintage Company. Uh-huh. And, um, you're, and I always see you there. You're either Border yeah. X or yeah. Salud uh-huh. or uh, what's the name of the, the, the corner <laughs> store? It's like, you're always in there in the hood. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, you've been there. You've seen the changes. What do you see? What, what's, I've what do you seen attribute? the change. I've seen the price and rent go up. And I've seen, you know, I've seen how, how we're art district, art, district, art community, yeah, yeah, and now it's you know, it's a, it's definitely a destination. People come from around the world to visit us because we're an art district. There ain't no art galleries in Body Logan. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have art galleries anymore. Like they're gone because people can't afford yeah. to own an art gallery yeah. and put art up. La people Bo- getting green, you know, exactly. La Bodega, bro. Yeah, exactly. Hey. But. You know, I feel like I'm just I'm a survivor there somehow because I've always been a survivor. I know how to survive. It doesn't matter. I'm just a hustler. That's why B side player's been around for twenty six years. Nineteen ninety four champion. Because I know how to survive. I know how to survive with the times. I know how to like like you can't get rid of me. I'm like fucking caracha, you know. Bro, this must be a beautiful time to be an artist to write music and to yeah. y- you get yourself a a, a full plate full of ideas mm-hmm. and things to rebel against and things you want to like just yeah. shout and scream about it's but a good, I, good time could, for you yeah but you have to like you have to adjust and you have to like you definitely have to survive you have to have a, have a survivor mentality for anything business wh- whatever it is music your relationships you have to like you can't give up you know what i mean like you can't give up even when the times are tough because B-side players, my band, we've been through some 
some trials and tribulations where like everybody wanted us to stop. Even like the musicians in the band were like, dude, it's done. Like it's over. And I was like, nah, it's not over, man. Like no way. Like this is not over. We still got music to play. We still got music to write. We still have to go visit some some countries that we've never been to. You know, Teddy. So you guys are gonna yeah. start up touring again? Of course. I saw that you have two shows coming up this month in March. Yeah. I think you'd have another two in April and otros in Mayo. Yeah, we got Stay some busy, shows huh? coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is just all, and for San Diego, it's it's um if you're a San Diego band, my. My big thing, uh, uh, this is like really important. Uh, people ask me all the time, like, uh, you know, what do you suggest that we do? It's like, don't oversaturate, don't overplay so much. Like, you know, don't go do the play three times a week in little bars for like free. Like, you when you're coming up, of course, you got to pay your dues and you play your ass off. But, but when you, you know, after a while, you got to start selling tickets, you know, you got to you got to make progress. You got to like be selective of where you play and then you have to like you know, make your band like progress to like better rooms, you know what I mean? You don't want to be stuck in the bars all your life. Playing bars is cool. I love it. I mean, it's a lifestyle. I did it all my life. I played bars across the United States uh for 20 years in little bars like like your joint like here mm -hmm. i played breweries i played little dive bars all my life but it's like you want to you want to step to another level because like it's it just gets old you know what i mean you're not gonna survive you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna just die your liver's gonna give out you know no pues si el vato vienes a tocar you're about four or five beers in you're like yeah 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 give me more but the cool thing is I like that you play in these spots right now. Of you know, because like, yeah. Tch, yeah. I get to walk down the block yeah. and I'll see you playing like a Barsi Nombre. I'll catch you here. I'll catch you at Project yeah. Rio Collect. I do that, but know? I do that by, um, by on myself. Own. On Brian, my Brian, own. Right? I do that by my own because um, Brian and I, uh, Brian Jordan, a yeah. great musician. He, he's rad, bro. He's just a legendary Say cat. This, this cat, man, he, this cat is like one of my idols and. I can't believe I play music with him every day, but this cat was like one of the heaviest, you know, like funk, jazz uh, musicians out of San Diego. And boom, he fucking dipped out because he's got the talent. So, you know, he was in the Carson Daly show. He was like, um, you know, he went to New York and fucking did his whole thing in New York and played with Lauren Hill for like years and Carl Denson's Tiny Universe, which travel, you know, um, travel the world. Now Carl Denson's in the fucking Rolling Stones, yes, you know sir. what I mean? He's in the Rolling Stones. So it goes to show the kind of people this dude was connected to. So when I'm playing with this cat in these fucking little bars here in San Diego, I don't even tell him what song I'm playing. I just fucking start playing. And he follows and he suit. follows me. He's at another level. And but the but he's like, we're just making money. Like when we're not playing with B side, we're just fucking hustling, you know? That's our hustle. We just go plug fucking hustle these bars and play music. But we're having fun. If it wasn't fun, we wouldn't oh. be doing it. You know what I mean? We're having fun. We're and and I love it. As long as he still loves it, then I'm cool because I know what who I'm playing with. You know what I mean? Like I can't do that shit with 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 a lot of musicians. You know what I mean? Like 
this dude's another level and I I totally know who I'm playing with. So it's like to me it's like you speak the same language. To you know, me, you know yeah, but to me also I'm growing like every time I play with them, I feel like I'm getting better as a musician too, you know? Because I'm playing with this heavy ass cat that's like fuck, dude. Must seem a little intimidating every now and then. I mean I mean to this day, like to this day I'm like I bow down because uh-huh. Cause every time he solos, it's different, and it's just like, ooh, like, oh man. So yeah, so that's what I do when I, you know, when I'm home, when I'm here on San Diego, and we go around and play like two times a week around little breweries, little bars. You know, we have played here before for you. <laughs> yeah, brother, pack but, the place. Um, You're always welcome. But here. this is this is that's like that's what I do, and then to me, that's like going to church. Yeah. I get inspired, you know. But but we need to get back on the road, definitely. Right now, uh, I think we got a tour lined up, and uh, hopefully it happens. But uh, it's with uh, Sean Kuti, uh, Fela, uh, Afrobeat legend, Fela Kuti's son. Uh, so we're we're trying to lock down like a whole a whole uh, hey, national tour with him. That's big time. Yeah. That's big time for them. So that's like me, like we're talking about B-side players been on the road for – you know, 25 years, but I'll still go open up. I'll still go on tour and open up for an artist, but it's got to be that level, like legendary, like that, like, or world music. Cause I'm all about like world music. You know I mean? We've been, we've traveled with like, you know, the head hunter, head hunters, which is, um, um, bomb ass fucking funk music yeah, herbie, Han- a, herbie hancock's yeah, fucking main band uh, the whalers and i'm not talking about the original whalers mm-hmm. i'm talking about like family man whalers toots and the maytals we toured him for three years uh ben harper um james brown like cats that like war these bands are like legendary bands where like when you get the opportunity to go on the road with them. I'm not talking about opening up a show. Tour. I'm talking about like going, watching these cats play every day and studying. It's like going to college. For sure. Or going to like, like getting like a training for free, but another level. You're watching these musicians play every night and it's like, it's the best feeling in the world because you're, you're getting schooled for free, you know, every night. So, so to go with, Afrobeat, like uh, Afrobeat band, like Sean Kuti, go on the road and watch these dudes move the people through Afrobeat music from Africa is like, that's like, okay, I'm going back to school again and I'm 40, 47 years old and here I go back to school because I'm going to play a 45 minute set every day and I'm going to, you know, rock the crowd, do my thing, but then I'm going to go set up my merch and then go watch the band and study them for two hours you know it's like going back to college every day you learn every day if you don't learn man it's like people don't know about that like why why are you still opening up for bands Mm -hmm. because it's the best gig man it's the best gig not only that but you fucking sell merch your merch game you know is another level in these days like like three punk l's your merch game you gotta step your merch game up yeah like, like different, music too different revenue Your merch stream, game bro. changes everything yeah, man it's true everything more so in music now huh yeah more so in music is at some point big time music is a business i feel like people forget that music is a business if there's 1200 people there mm-hmm. and they fucking watch the opening band mm-hmm. 
you might sell more more merch than the the main band because they already they're already fans of the main band. Yeah, they got their merch, but they're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" This is, is your this? opportunity to open their eyes to something new and that they were not be expecting. Like, what do you have? How many yeah. music? I'll yeah. take it all. You know. Yeah. Dude, people, a uh, hundred new fans, a hundred pieces of merch, yeah. boom, that's money. It's money. That's money right there. So it's just a different game, you know. It's business, yeah. And you, you got to you got to make sure that you're on top of that aspect as well as the the musical aspect of your game, yeah. you know. So that being the case, as a little guy, when did you realize that this is what you wanted for your life? When you wanted it, then you sat I, down, you said, I you think know I what? didn't have a choice, man, because my dad was um, my dad was just a touring musician his whole life, and. Um, and since I was young, I was like, where's my fucking dad at? Well, he's on the fucking road. And then he would come home for three days and then be Boom. gone. And then there was just instruments all around the house, just like this in here. Fucking guitars in the corner, fucking trumpets, trombones, um, you know, percussion instruments just laying around the house. So I was like... Fuck that! I want to be a musician. Yeah, you know? yeah. I want to fucking. I want to get my study on, and I want to fucking. I want to do something special with my life. I don't want to be a musician because I saw like my mom struggle because mm. my dad was was always gone, and I saw that we weren't fucking living like we weren't living like fucking huge. We were living like a low income apartment, in National City, and I'm like, well, my dad's fucking not really providing. You know what I mean? But then my dad was pretty much like when I was growing up, my dad was in the downslide of his career because he was in the 60s and early 70s. He was like, boom, he was blown up. You know, those moonlights from Tijuana. He was at the prime. And so that was the epicenter of that style of music. That was that fucking that was a hit highlight. Yeah. Moonlights. It's una época de Tijuana that was famous to this day everybody knows like those the rocky devils solitarios those freddies mm -hmm. this shit is like anyone from tijuana you mentioned those bands they're like what so my uncle is a lead was the lead singer of uh los solitarios los corazones solitarios mm. ruben yeah like my mom would always tell me about them like oh yeah get los moonlights but your yeah. uncle he's a singer ruben uh -huh. i was like oh cool and they, they were called they weren't even concerts they were called bailes because everybody danced like it was like badass it was a, it was a time it was a, a special time in and when the music from tijuana was so sick the bands were dressed fucking in suits all fucking and everybody was dressed up it was a scene dance. bro it was a scene it was a scene but it was like oh man so special and the people that live that when you when they when I tell them my dad is this is my dad is our what oh my god like those moonlights what boom you know what I mean it's just my whole life but those moonlights fucking in the eighties they were going down they were like fuck you know they were on the road and shit in a van you know driving to Denver playing fucking shows trying you to know, keep the dream going trying to keep, trying it, to keep going, it going yeah, but yeah, it was, yeah. the dream was it was different the different mu music came up you know uh -huh. 
no more bailes. It was, but even today, I feel like the Los Moonlights still have that allure. Oh, yeah. They now, still have that like nostalgic oh, yeah. feel. Of you course, know? now the records are yeah. the Moonlight records are going for like fifty to sixty dollars. Like if you still have one on me, you can sell it for a hundred bucks. A but if you still record. got it, why you want to sell it? <laughs> <laughs> if you still got it, you don't want to. So sell my it. dad, he's like he like I saw him struggling, and well, not only did I see him struggling, but I was part of that struggle because we were pro we were pretty broke, you know, and my mom was fucking holding it down, and then um, so my dad was like, I fucking I gotta go, you know, I got he's all, I don't I I don't need to struggle, I'm from fucking the Recodo, Sinaloa, I'm fucking group, you know, Cruli Saraga is like telling me come back and fucking handle your shit and come back to the banda, so my dad fucking took off. And boom, right away from fucking the struggling 80s to boom, back to the banda when Julio Preciado was. Oh, so he was there from the era of Julio Preciado. So my dad was the main uh, songwriter for that for that uh, that time when Julio Preciado was in the banda. My dad was writing all the hits, you know, Mamo Nos de Fiesta, all the Julio Preciado yeah. song. But that, that's, so he went from like fucking in the van to like, Airplane, back to the airplanes, like Japan, Europe, we're like La Banda Recodo represents Mexico yeah. all around the world. I believe it, bro. So he went back to that. And to this day, my dad's still in Recodo because that's where my family's from. We're from Recodo. My my dad's family is from Recodo. My grandparents, everything, everyone. We're we're not from Maslan. We're from El Recodo. So that's all family where, lines yeah, lead we're, back we're to from Recodo. Recodo. So my dad still lives there, of course, but my dad is is still writing to this day for like all the anything that comes out of Recodo, Banda Limon, Banda Limon, uh, hey. Recoditos. My dad is still one of the Pancho Barraza, some oh, yeah. famous uh, arrangers to this day. So when I go over there, it's like. Oh, Ezequiel Pais, you know, this and that. So so I fucking didn't have a choice, man. I was destined to do this shit. This was your fucking future. <laughs> it was like it was all written down for me. And and like but I didn't know that my dad was that level, you know what I mean? Because like I told you, I saw the struggle in in how we grew up. But I didn't even know the history of those moonlights, like how big it was, like how we're talking about now. Now I know. Yeah. Like, that must have been a trip. Yeah. But when they were figuring out like. Boom. So when my dad fucking took off because he had no choice, he had to go fucking, you know, go back and do his shit. When he came back one time and to Tijuana and, he, and I went to go see him with Banda Recodo and it was like this, it was like a concert, like a. It was almost like the concerts that I was going to at the time, you know, like these arenas, like the Banda Recodo. And I went to go meet Cruz Lizarraga in the back. And it was like just crazy, like level of rock stars, you know. So I got to witness that, too, when I was that's young. Intense. And I think that's what made me like really be like, all right, dude. How old were you when you saw that? I was like 12 or yeah, something. Yeah, Yeah. Watching your dad be in Banda del Recodo at the age 12, at the peak of what they are. I mean, those guys never really left the peak. Banda del Recodo has always yeah. been at the top of the game. When you say they are Mexico, they are Mexico, man. And you can go anywhere in the world and be like, oh, Mexico, Banda, Banda. Oh, yeah, Banda del Recodo, Banda del Recodo. Yeah. That is intense. You had no other way out than to realize, I got to do my own thing. 
you came back to San Diego and you realized that you were going to start a band. Yeah. So in 1994, how old were you when you decided to jump all in with B-Side? I was in my 20s, early 20s, but um, we were definitely on some like funk, Latin stuff. But um, we were we were just like a lot of uh, us musicians were coming from the punk rock scene. I was playing some harder stuff and we didn't know anything about like groove or chicano music or anything we just we just had the records you know like we all had the 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 santana records and the chicano records so we were trying to do that but it definitely came out like a little bit more raw you know so right away in chula vista you know we were doing whatever gigs we could and we we started playing at the gas lamp in downtown right away and then boom it just start people just started showing up next thing you know we're we're like driving up to San Jose in San Francisco in like 95 and then we you know we just started getting a little crowd and then boom like within like a couple years we were touring the nation like just traveling cross country and it was like it just blew up B-side blew up because it was like Nine piece band from Chula Vista, California, doing Latin funk groove, you know, like, and that was a flyer back then. You had to make flyers <laughs> from Kinkos, it wasn't like social media. Uh, there that was, was no like Facebook, there was Latin, no Instagram. Nine piece band from San Diego, California, and then like we'd be like in like in Wyoming or Idaho, and it'd be like a bunch of white people going crazy. What kind of reception you get, everybody was just like dancing, everyone, yeah. everyone just going off like people fucking bars selling out of tequila and with and these bars only sell whiskey but yep. all their tequila was gone because it's like fucking these mexicans are fucking, fucking chula vista killing it out here. music bro music brings <laughs> it music is weird music is a funny thing music is one of those instruments one of those tools that can bring people together yeah. or tear people apart man there's a lot yeah. of strength behind the words that like you say and mm. the music that your band plays yeah. Mi respetos a los músicos como ustedes. You guys are like next level. You guys are on a different level. You've been doing it for yeah. decades. You're still doing it. Yeah. You just said that you put out a, you're putting out a new single. Um, what else you got in store? Well, I mean, uh, for me, I want to get back to touring. I definitely want to tour again. I have the itch. Um, and then not only that, but just make, uh, you know, like, I'm not even... I'm into singles and videos right now. I really love the video, uh, videography. Making videos is like an art, man. Because the new generation, they just like they love they listen, but they're visual. They want to see the kinetic you know people. I mean? Yep. Yes, it's different. So I'm really into videos, putting out singles and videos. That's important to me. And um, I got a song about San Diego because I love San Diego. I mean. You know, this is where I grew up, and and my history is here. So I did a little San Diego tribute song, and I'm trying to like, hopefully, once it gets out, man, get it like to the Padres or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because um, it's just like a, it's kind of an anthem, anthem song, and just talks about like, like you know, San Diego, which is like the best place to fucking live in, and. When I travel across country, when I'm on the road, the best feeling is coming back home, man. That's like the best feeling. 
and the food wise. No, well, no, second to none, bro. I mean, second to none. Even like the, you're in the fucking beer game. Like there was, I was ten years ago. I was fucking traveling. I was in a bar like in Bozeman, Montana, and um, they fucking had a fucking like a whole tap system, and it was like a dungeon bar in Bozeman, and it was like fucking stone. Um, ballast point. Ballast point. Yeah. Fucking uh, pizza port. I'm on. Fuck uh, like six San Diego, San Diego <laughs> fucking beers yeah. ten years ago, or and I'm like, I'm on because San Diego's always been on, on top of the game with the craft beer. That we changed the game across the U.S. We changed the game, but but like that was like eye opening to me. Like I'm all these motherfucker. Everybody, every bar I went to had San Diego beer. You know what I mean? And I'm all damn. But I wish they had San Diego fucking tacos out there. Man, Man you can't get no San <laughs> You can only get them shits here, bro. What about them L.A. tacos? Everybody always talking about that the L.A. tacos nah, are better. Nah, a ver, nah, qué pedo. Nah, King Taco is fucking terrible. <laughs> I'll say it right now. I don't, I don't, I don't care, whatever. I, people <laughs> worship that shit. Nel, pass? <laughs> nah. What's your go-to spot down here when you're eating burritos or tacos? I heard I mean, you talking upstairs. No. <laughs> I mean, I grew up with Lolitas because yeah. I, you know, I went to Hilltop and, but you know, Lolitas is fucking bomb ass food. Day one, uh, yeah. But that's like you, you can't get no Lolitas up in L.A. Man, Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you ain't touring in L.A. for was it? No, man. Like, <laughs> it's this is like these guys even try to school me. They're like, "I'll take you to spot," and I'm like, "No, nope. that was terrible." Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was Peruvian. It's like Mexican. You know, people always telling us, "No, man, the Bay Area burritos." And then they show us a burrito and it's wrapped in aluminum foil, <laughs> and it's fucking got like rice in it. It's like, "Nail, I'll pass on that shit, man." <laughs> Carlos, I'm happy you came through, bro. You're always welcome here. This is this is your home here on Third Avenue, Three Punkeros. Oh, I know you're here from the hood. I know you you live yeah. right around the way. I always see in Barrio Logan now with our homie Chicle over at the uh, oh, yeah, yeah the Project Real Chicle. Collective. Yeah, I love to Chicle. Yeah, man. Like I see you playing there. We're gonna go check you out. I think it's this weekend down there. Um, if there's anything else I can do for you here as a business, as 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 a soapbox for you to stand up and oh, and, and scream? Let me know, man. We're oh, always yeah. here for you. We're we're legitimate big fans. Thank My you. kids listen to your music. Wifey and I love this music. Yeah. My parents, uh, they <laughs> love your dad's music. And I'm telling you, man, all of that put in a box filters out and like i came out nice. and now we're doing the same thing and my little kids come out yeah. you know so it's just, it's just something i don't i don't want them to forget their culture you know yeah. i want them to know like this is the music that i would my fucking dad raised me on listening to chalino sanchez bro yeah. you know like chalino. and chalino sanchez that's all i, I listen <laughs> yeah and it's fucking weird i grew up listening to chalino sanchez and like fucking pennywise mm -hmm. and dead kennedys and minor wow. threat They're like people always ask me how you how the fuck you come it out happens. the way you are? And yeah, I was like, well, I don't too. know. I, I grew up listening to Minor Threat way. and like Chalino Sanchez, mm -hmm. Lupio Rivera. That's who you are. Yeah, and then like Ica Mouse. You know, <laughs> it's it's fucking weird. Yeah. And and now people look at me. It's like uh -huh. three punkeros. How you open a place called three punkeros and you yeah. like you guys play like Mexican music? Fuck, because if you're just assuming that punk yeah, is that, exactly. I said you're missing the point. That yeah. punk is just something that like whatever it is that you yeah. like and whatever it is that you a stance that you take to rebel against everything else. Oh, yeah, it's not punk man. to like the same music. Nah. You know, oh shit, I just listen to fucking Pennywise or or Pitchy Sex Pistols over and over. That's not punk. At that point, you've yeah. just become, you, you just blended into the crowd. Right. What you guys do is eclectic. It's different. Mm -hmm. You know, you, like you said, Afro, cumbia, jazz, mm -hmm. Latin, 
It's like everything rock. Yeah. A group that they always compared you to. I remember growing up, and I, I, I never, I never really saw it. I liked that band, but I uh -huh. never liked the comparison. Like also Matli, uh -huh. you know. It's like I see the parallel lines. Yeah, but I, I never saw like the the uh -huh. the direct like. Oh yeah, they're like the same yeah. band. I was like, nah, nah, <laughs> miss me with that. I, I feel like you guys were a distinct band from them. I feel everybody always wants to put mm -hmm. like bands, groups, brands in a box yeah. just so it makes them feel better. Mm -hmm. Like oh, this is where they belong. You were the kind of band yeah. that you can't put in a box. Right. You're the kind of band that you you guys had your own style, and rightfully so, man. Because look at twenty twenty six years later, you're still in the game. Yeah, about to set sure. off on another tour. Fuck yeah, man! Appreciate you. Thank you, you Carlos. For having me. Fuck yeah, brother! You're always welcome here, man. Peace and love, Carlos Paez, B side players. Yeah. <laughs>